one month into self-isolation, and Loop and Larry still haven't seen each other face-to-face, which might not be a bad thing, because now every podcast is like we're meeting again for the first time. So join us now as we get reacquainted with Loop and Larry, Guardians of Geek. In a world filled with intergalactic space battles, and a human destruction on a global scale, and psychopathic serial hauntings, there's only one team who can make sense of it all. When your world is overrun with rampant pop culture, call Loop and Larry, Guardians of Geek. Hey, hey! Why does the explosion seem like the least of our concerns now? <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually looking forward to the explosion yeah. now. It's the only normal thing in our lives. I know it's so, <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> so now we're at, we're we're at our second self isolation episode. That's right. Yep. Still, Larry's still at home. <laughs> Loop's still in the studio. Still in the studio. I've, I've never left the studio. No. I should eat, He's isolated eat at some to the point. studio. <laughs> He's isolated to the studio. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. The, well, um, what can you, what but, can you do? This is our world now. Yep. Yeah, you can't do much else. No. No. That's funny. The uh, so what's going on in the world of geekdom? Because it's it's such a weird it's such a weird time right now. Oh, it's it's so strange. It's just weird. I I keep I keep every once in a while I still keep opening up Rotten Tomatoes to see what the newest <laughs> the newest movie scores are, and then I remember, oh yeah, there aren't any. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but I still try to keep it normal, you know. Yeah, do do what you can. It's just it's just so weird because there's like nothing going on. It's like everything we were talking about this um, outside the podcast, but it's like everything seems to be somehow COVID related. No matter what it is, it goes back to that every time, right? It does. You can't you you just can't get away from it now. We were talking about just a couple minutes ago. You were mentioning there's a concert coming up, and hey, that's exciting. There's a concert coming up in support of COVID. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm already I'm already missing out on a bunch of concerts that I already bought tickets for this year and I can't go to because I know they're all going to be canceled. Yeah, like from Green Day to Guns N' Roses to like Toad the Wet Sprocket. <laughs> <laughs> when Toad the Wet Sprocket cancels, you know things are bad. It's done. It's done. <laughs> so I it's... got I got a very sad email yesterday uh, from an event that I had bought tickets to in June. It was the Star Wars Collectible Expo, and and it's been canceled. Oh no. I know, and it's the first time I've been able to go, and it was it's like all Star Wars collectibles, that's all it is, and I was so excited, and I just got a full refund on my ticket yesterday. Oh, well, that's at least good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> 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 I know. Um, we're, I was going to talk a little bit about uh, something from last week, because we had done Schoolhouse Rock last week. Yes. And when I was on my way home after we did the podcast, we were talking about how in Canada, we didn't really have anything like Schoolhouse Rock. Yeah. And then I was like, we kind of did, even though it wasn't a cartoon version, but we still had Heritage Minutes. I don't know how we what? forgot about Heritage Minutes and Body That's Breaks. True. That's <laughs> true. And Body Breaks. Because <laughs> yeah. Heritage Minute was essentially kind of the same thing. It was like a little bit of a historic like piece of our history, right? Like, Yeah. It wasn't, I mean, there was no catchy tunes. No. But you still remember more, a lot of like, them, though. It was. They were more like one-minute dramas. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but like the first female doctor, I remember that one. And the Superman one. That one was played a lot. That one was yeah. When uh, when he was getting on the train, and and passed uh, passed a 
hand-drawn uh, picture to his girlfriend as he was the train was leaving, and it was the first image of of Superman. That was pretty cool. According to our history, we created Superman and we created basketball. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, that's right. There was a basketball one too. I don't know. Pe- I don't know any of that's true, basket. but it's like... yeah, the peach basket that they cut the hole out of. That's right. <laughs> we did everything up here in Canada. That's like. <laughs> and I also noticed uh, because we're getting so bored at home, we're doing a lot of social media. I noticed a picture that you did the other day of you in an ad at yep. play, playing outside. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's picture, posting pictures of their pets and playing with their pets, and I was like, hey, I kind of have a pet. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good picture too. It looked pretty cool. <laughs> well, I mean, it was a re- it's a real thing. Like it's a it's a I don't know. It's probably like two feet tall, and uh, and and, and I play with it in the backyard. Well, there you go. It's something. <laughs> there he's got a friend. Exactly. <laughs> you gotta do what you can do, right? Uh, I know. Well, the other thing we did, which was kind of cool, we did a, a Facebook watch party, which I've never done before, and we watched Birdemic Two. That was that was the highlight of my whole week at that point. <laughs> First of all, it was fun to do something with other people. Like I, if you've never done a Facebook watch party, you like I didn't. We didn't. We didn't organize it. One of our friends organized it. So I don't know how you actually go about doing it. <laughs> yeah. But but it's really fun. Yeah. So they basically you watch the movie through Facebook, and then everybody's watching it at the same time, and then everybody can comment on the movie as it's going. So you're making right. commentary. So we Birdemic had a lot to comment on because it was so awful. <laughs> it was. It was probably. I'm sure most of the people, like, if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably at least heard of the movie called The Room. The Birdemic made The Room look like Citizen Kane. It did. It was so <laughs> dumb. But the thing I, I noticed about it was that I wasn't sure if they were playing it up to be campy or play, or if it was just bad. Like, I'm not sure, like, because the campy stuff didn't land at all. No. See, I feel, I feel like... They were, they were, I, you know what I think? I think they were trying to be Sharknado. Like, I think they were trying to go for like super low budget, but actually cool and, and failed miserably. Yeah, it was, there's a way to do campy to make it funny and, and let everybody in on the joke that you're being campy, but this wasn't doing that. Nope. And it seemed like some people were taking it way too seriously more than others yeah. in the movie. So, <laughs> and, and, I mean, it just had no... There were characters who appeared for, like, two scenes and then disappeared with no explanation. And, like, every every typical thing that you can imagine being in a really bad movie happened in this movie. Oh, yeah. And just it, and scenes stretched out for no reason. Like, that, that whole opening sequence where they, the main character's walking for, like, a good, like, ten minutes of the first opening. Like, yeah, he just he's just... He's walking to meet a friend at a restaurant, and he literally walks like all the way through downtown Los Angeles. Yeah, like just get in a cab. I know. Well, then later <laughs> it reveals he has a car, so I don't know why he, why he was walking so much. But I don't know. <laughs> so dumb. I don't know, but I highly recommend Birdemic just for a bit of an escape because you will not even believe. Oh, sorry, Birdemic Two. Yeah, Birdemic Two. I've never actually seen Birdemic One. Apparently, you don't need to see it to get what's happening in Birdemic. Yeah, I think there might have been one character from the last movie that appeared in this one, but yes. I don't think it really mattered. It was such a minor role, I think. So Yeah, no, I but if you can if you get a chance, I don't even I'm not even sure where you'd stream it. <laughs> but if you get a chance, you should definitely check out Birdemic 2. It is it will give you 90 minutes of like forgetting about the rest of the world. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but but if you could do it as a Facebook watch, even better. Yeah, it's better when you when you can cut it up with friends. It's way more fun. Yeah.
All right, let's head into the pop five. Let's do it. All right, let's do that. What's hot? We'll tell you what's hot. It's the Loop and Larry Pop Five. Oh, yeah. <laughs> some some <laughs> popping going on there. Okay, so uh, one of the first uh, things we'll talk about is there's some X-Men rumors for Disney+. Plus. Yes. So, of course, uh, Disney acquired um, Sony, which which owned X-Men, so, or Fox, sorry, that which owned X-Men. So uh, now they own it, but everyone's like, when are the X-Men going to start appearing in the movies? We're not 100% sure. But they, Disney+, Plus uh, added, if you've gone to Disney+, Plus recently, a whole section just for X-Men. Yep. All the shows, um, they added the 1990s cartoon, um, which went on for five seasons, which is a great show. I'm going to rewatch that soon, five actually. Se- that was five seasons? Yeah, five seasons. Oof. And so what they've done recently, because they have those avatars that you can use as your avatar, like when you're in Disney+, Plus, and yep. they've added now a section of all the X-Men which happened to look like the avatars or the the characters from the original 90s cartoon. Yeah. So, of course, everyone would jump to the conclusion that they're going to be doing this cartoon on Disney+. Plus. And it's a pretty heavy rumor because the actual people that made the original cartoon have approached them, I, I guess, at one point and uh, suggested it. And um, and the, Marvel's a big fan of that that series. So this could be happening, which is very exciting. The that other thing be- I heard a rumor on, and of course I get all the rumors off the street like I always do, right. um, <laughs> was that um, the possibility, there's not a real possibility right now of an X-Men film at this point because there's so many films on the slate, but there's a possibility of an X or a Disney Plus show solo features with some of the X-Men. Uh, like a like a, um, like a Star Wars story, but with X-Men? Yeah, like, sort of, like spin-off movies? Well, yeah, sort of like a, more like a Defenders on Netflix where they, oh. they kind of highlight the different um, characters. So I guess when they bring them together, you already know who they are. When they do an actual movie, you'd know who they are. You'd know their backstories and all that kind of stuff. And you're already right. familiar with the characters before they suddenly just throw an X-Men movie at you. Are, are we going to see a um, uh, teenage uh, Negasonic Warhead? Uh, Possibly. That could happen. (laughs) That could be a thing. I would watch that. (laughs) (laughs) That character is so weird. The X-Men has so many characters. Like, it's... Um, I've been, I collected X Men on and off. It just I find it very confusing series to read. It's just there's so many, like there's the main. You're kind of your mains, but then there's like there's all these side characters and characters that go to the school and like it's just it goes on and on and on. There's a million X Men or mutant characters, and so it's it's a little bit confusing. Well, and that's I mean that's the thing with X Men is that <clears throat> you could literally, if a if a writer can come up with a with a superpower you could create a new x-men yeah you know what i mean like there there's literally an endless number of x-men that you could add to that universe yeah it, it, yeah. Goes, it would go on forever but it'd, yeah. be, it'd be interesting uh, of course with all anything with this is to see who if they would recast anybody that was in the original series yeah um movies or if they would like just kind of go from scratch and, and re uh sort of uh find new new actors to play the characters now so you definitely yeah, have to find a new wolverine of anything well, I think they'd have to at this point. Yeah. I mean, they could do a a young Wolverine. Yeah, I think they just, like, start over. I mean, because Wolverine, I think, is, like, a little bit older anyways, but not. Yeah. I think they, uh, what, um, what's his head that plays him doesn't want to do him anymore, so. Yeah, well, he's he's aged out. Yeah, he's, he has <laughs> sort of aged out at this point, so. Yeah. But it'll be I, interesting to see what they do. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, we'll be watching because that's all we have to do right now is watch <laughs> Disney+. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> Any new geek news now is like, oh, what? They, they just announced something? But, of course, they can't 
lay any dates down because with everything going on, you don't know how long everything's going to last because productions have halted probably on a million shows right now. Exactly. So. Yeah, they they try to revamp the the air dates of a bunch of things and release dates, and then that those dates get moved. So yeah. So we can't really lock anything down right now. Yeah, no, that's that's part of the problem. But we always have the hope of these things happening. Exactly. <laughs> and speaking of the hope of things happening, we'll move on to our number two pop five. We're still hoping, but I don't know that it's going to happen, that San Diego Comic-Con may still be uh, on the docket. But it's not very likely. That's a big, that's a big blow. That's a massive one. I mean, that's where that's where all of the announcements are made. That's where, you know, I mean, that's like the like the the heartbeat of pop culture every year. Yeah, it's it's the one time you know there's going to be a million trailers out like that that day, like you know, the days that they announce all these different things and these panels. Yeah, and, and it's like I, it's going to be weird without it. It is. Well, I mean, not, on top of that, that's where they launch a lot of toy lines. Like Hasbro land, launches new toy lines and. Uh, new comics like that's sort of like the start of like the kickoff of all of the the summer blockbusters and and all of the new pop culture events that are happening for the rest of the year get kicked off there so i mean i don't know if they would do like a like a virtual comic-con yeah you know where they could still have uh studio heads and and um casts and things like on uh, zoom or something yeah online yeah online um (laughs) One one thing one thing that uh, Loop and I have noticed <laughs> is that there are they're starting to do there's a there's a Comic Con called Wizard World, and they're starting to do virtual meet and greets with celebrities. <laughs> so the one that we noticed recently was Ed Asner. You could pay sixty five dollars sixty five dollars, and ha- be part of a like a Zoom conversation. With Ed Asner, and if you pay extra, you get two minutes of one-on-one time with Ed Asner. Oh God! <laughs> via like Zoom or or whatever, like I, that, really. It just seems like it's stretching it to me. I know, like that's really expensive. That's very cameo too. Have you, have you used cameo before? Have you I, seen... I know of. I haven't used it. Yeah. I know. I know I, what it is. Yeah, I got a cameo for my wife at Christmas or for her birthday this year, and yeah. Uh, and it, it actually is pretty cool, but it, again, you're paying a lot of money for them to do like a two minute or three minute message, like a direct message to the person. Like that's true. I mean, but that one is a little bit different because at least the message is like customized and it's directly to the person you're getting you're getting it to, and it's sort of a once in a lifetime thing. But to pay sixty five dollars and be on a like a a Zoom call with like hundreds of other people, where you're you're going to be like a microscopic thumbnail yeah no it's you know i just think that's so but this is this is the way they're going yeah i don't i I would be interested to see how successful that is yeah like i just don't can't see it being overly successful because i mean it's like okay you're on a zoom thing with them but you haven't really met them like you haven't seen them in person Uh, you know what i mean so you can't have a picture you can't you know what i mean you can't like come around the table and take a selfie with them yeah it's I, I mean, know. you could take a picture of you, a selfie beside them on the screen, but yeah, I mean, uh, I could go to Google and and bring up any celebrity. Put them in a box <laughs> take beside, a me, beside yeah. them. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> so, but the but the other issue that this brings up is, um, there's been talk of is this the beginning of the end for mega uh, mega cons, like the big huge conventions like. 
San Diego and like the New York Comic Con and and in Toronto the Fan Expo, uh, people are wondering if this might be the beginning of the end of those because will we ever get back to a place where you could have a hundred thousand people in one room? Yeah, and also too, I even I was just thinking even the celebrities like do celebrities want to go and shake hands with like a million yeah. people anymore or like take pictures with them? I don't know. It's that's. It's, yeah, that's the question. Like, will smaller Comic Cons start picking up and and smaller scale ones? But will I mean, how how long will it be before they can start opening the doors to these massive things? Like, maybe they will have San Diego Comic Cons and Fan Expos, but they'll actually have to limit the tickets. Like, you know, I mean, ten thousand people can go. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and so they can so you can spread out. A and, little bit. And the other thing, too, is once they do get back in business, are people going to have, like, you know, a lot of people have lost jobs or, you know, it's, right. it's, it's tough economic times. Um, will there be enough people, like, to sustain them? Like, there's, there's going to be a lot of people that, you know, barely can afford to go in the first place because the prices to go for a weekend are so expensive. Yeah. Not mentioning everything else you do there. And then, like, I don't think that disposable income is going to be there. You know, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens when all this is done. And yeah. will they have to go half capacity? Will they have to go – like that's like for anything, restaurants or whatever. Like it's it, it, there's going to have to be a limit on how many people can be in a place. Yeah, and I would imagine that would be, you know, a couple of years. Like I, I somehow don't think that that's going to just pop right back up again. Mm-mm. So it's gonna, that's, that's going to be a very interesting thing. Like this is going to change that whole pop culture phenomenon. Yep like right at a point where it was becoming like it had become like, like mainstream. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I heard read somewhere where someone said that this pandemic is basically washing out the greed. Yeah. Like, and it kind of, because like, I mean, some of those things have gotten quite expensive to go to now. Like the, yeah. uh, it's just, it's just a license to throw money away. And, and like the cost of the photo ops and the, like everything else have gone way up since yeah. we started them anyways. So, um, It'll be interesting to see what happens when all this is said and done. Yeah, but you're, but you're right. I mean, <clears throat> it might be the kind of thing where organizers have to reevaluate how much they can legitimately charge people anymore if they want people to come back, which might be good for everybody. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I don't know. So that's something to keep an eye on. Yeah. Uh, also, to keep an eye on, uh, this is uh, pop number three. Yep. Um, there's a missing Voltron series that's now available on YouTube. And uh, this is a little confusing, but the original Voltron series, so that's the Lions one, um, and the Vehicle one were both based on Japanese shows. Right. And uh, so what happened was the original, this is interesting, the original Lion one was supposed to be, so what they did was the Americans said, okay, here, we'll take this series and we'll we'll adapt it. And so they gave them the wrong series. They gave them the series with the Lions in it, and it was supposed to be this other series that never that never made it. It's called Lightspeed Electroid. Albagos. <laughs> I know it's, was this, was this from the seventies or eighties? Eighties, really? So they they got the wrong series, but then the lion one took off, and that was where it, what happened with it. It was supposed to be kind of based on like parts of three different series. Apparently, is how it was supposed to be put together. So, anyways, this this one that never got made into anything, um, which is basically like three robots that form into a big robot. So it's very Voltron-ish, like, same sort of idea. Um, it's now, the first two episodes are now available. They're subtitled, but they're available now on Voltron. I'll put this up on our um, on our uh, Facebook page and on our um, 
on our Twitter. But the uh, so you can watch it if you're interested in it. I love Voltron, but yeah. it's a, it's a bit more difficult to watch because it is it's got uh, subtitles, so it's a little bit weird. But is I don't the know. The animation it, style the same? Very cl- very similar than really? than the other ones. Yeah. Very, Does it have the same characters? Isn't no, it like- no, it's it's different characters. It's like same with the vehicle. One. The vehicle one was based on a separate series that was kind of like Voltron. So they sort of called it Voltron and made it the same thing. But and then they did a movie with the two together. But the movie with the two together were pieces from like it was kind of like some new stuff with pieces from the other series kind of right. mixed in together. So, um, but anyways, yeah, it's pretty. It's kind of cool. I just thought it was neat that they uh, that this got unearthed and they just they've put this up. But they, I thought the backstory was interesting. So had they gotten the right this other show, it would never have had the the lion Voltron. It would have been at something different. So I wonder. I wonder if it would have taken off because the lions are so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Like that. That's what I think. That's what made that series so neat. Because at the time, there were a lot of those sort of anime space uh, action shows. Yeah, they were starting like uh, Battle of the Planets and Star Blazers, and yeah, yeah, Robotech. Mm -hmm. Wasn't there one called Robotech? Yeah, that came out a little bit after, but yeah, it's all in the same. Yeah, but but the lions were totally different. Like that was a, that was super cool. So uh, if it was just three robots that made one robot, meh. Yeah, I don't know if it would have taken off. The lines were kind of like what made it kind of cool. Yeah. So I think so. Huh. Well, I will definitely check that out. Yeah. It's kind of <laughs> neat. Uh, so speaking of things that I'm going to check out, uh, number four on our pop five is a uh, new series on Disney Plus. Star Wars, it's Star Wars talk. <laughs> Star Wars time. <laughs> Star Wars time. I always love Star Wars time. I know. Hold on, exciting. hold on. It's Larry talking some Star Wars. Talking some Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Here's your Star Wars news. Perfect. I had to make sure. Yeah, I had to make sure I got that in there. There you go. Awesome. I'm glad you have that at your fingertips. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so... So, Star Wars news, uh, more t- uh, TV series coming. Uh, Lando, the new Lando series has been announced, or, or is at least rumored. Um, but the interesting thing about this is that there's potentially two different Lando series okay. coming. W- one that will uh, involve Donald Glover yep. as the younger Lando, uh, and that may also involve... Um, uh, Amelia Clark as Kira, uh, and potentially uh, Darth Maul. Oh wow! Yeah, it, it's literally it sounds literally like like a sequel to Solo. Yeah, but just a spinoff featuring the young Lando. So that one is in discussion, and then the other one is uh, w- features uh, Billy D. Williams as as Lando. Oh, that'd be cool. And, yeah, and this one looks like it's going to take place right after Rise of Skywalker because he's going to be uh helping his his daughter who is the uh um Naomi Aki yep. played her in in the movie. Uh who it in the movie it wasn't revealed that she she was his daughter. I believe in the novelization it came out or or in the um encyclopedia the the uh, encyclopedia that was related to the movie okay, that may yep. have come out that he was a daughter. Anyway, this new series may be following the two of them as Billy D. Williams helps her find out who she is and where she came from and her her past. So yeah, so a couple of a uh, couple of Landos happening. <laughs> a couple of Landos. The I love in a giant galaxy, everyone seems to find the person they're related to. 
Exactly. <laughs> like, it's like, like we can't even, hap- we can't even find that on Earth, but yeah, <laughs> in a home galaxy, you can just bump into like your your daughter or whatever. Yeah, or your sister. Yes. Yeah, Luke and Luke and Leia, and yeah, everybody just sort of randomly. It's a pretty small galaxy. <laughs> <It's so dumb. laughs> exactly. So well, anyway, those are those are in talks. Um, the uh, the um, Ben Kenobi, like the Kenobi series, is still moving forward. Apparently, but uh, they've got a new writer, so that they're sort of in that process now. But it, it, for a while, people thought that it was been, it had been scrapped, but it is not. Oh, so good. it's still coming too. So there's still lots of Star Wars happening, and uh, we just need to stay tuned. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So uh, another piece of uh, horror news, I guess, is a Salem Lot, which is a, uh, of course, it was a mini series, um, has now found its director. Yep, this, uh, this, the Stephen King, the Stephen King yep. novel. Yeah. So uh, and it's uh, Gary uh, Doberman who. Uh, is writing the, he was writing the screenplay anyways. Now he's going to direct it. He directed Annabelle Comes Home. Um, and uh, he's written the Annabelle trilogy, The Nun, and he also co wrote the It and It chapter two as well. See, I, I'm really, really excited about this. I, I feel like they're putting a lot of effort into Stephen King movies now. Like, I think with the success of It, yep. <clears throat> um, and then um, uh, Pet Cemetery, I feel like. They're really putting a lot of effort into creating this Stephen King universe. So when they announce uh, like a new Stephen King adaptation, like Salem's Lot, and they attach somebody who's already got experience with the with the new Stephen King, I, I get pretty excited. Yeah, it's funny how like he was so hot in the '80s, cause, like in like kind of early '90s, like they made a ton of his like uh, books into movies, but then some of them, they, the quality of some of them weren't that great. Yep. And, but now it's like almost like it's a resurgence of Stephen King again. So it's it, which is I find kind of cool. That's right. Yeah. I mean, and they've done it on TV too, with um uh, oh what, what's that show called um uh, Creek um why is the name losing it's gone oh I know yeah. which one you mean yeah I, I can't remember it but yeah, I, I know exactly when you're talking about <laughs> but uh. But yeah, so I mean, it's coming back. So that's I think that's pretty exciting. Of course, we also don't know when that's going to happen because they haven't released any timeline. But it's happening. Now that's pretty cool. See, even when even when we're on lockdown, there's lots. We don't even need San Diego Comic Con. <laughs> you just come to Loop and Larry. We got all the scoops. <laughs> the scoops. <laughs> We always have the scoops. We uh, always get the scoops. <laughs> All right, let's do the uh, pop capacitor, hey. and uh, let's go back in time. Let's jump in it right now. Let's do that. Another little walk over here. Have that dinging anymore? Or is that like an old school? Was that the dinging? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's part of the pop capacitor. It's built in. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's okay. I guess that's like you. you yeah, it's me like wrong. you know when when you open the door in an old car and it and it bings. Yeah, I said, I, I'm wondering if new cars still do that. I don't think they do. Oh, I don't know. I, you know, the pop capacitor capacitor is made from like a, an, a like a 1971 K car. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have a K car station wagon at one point. Yeah, I don't remember think that. I got... It was like that white one I had. It was like a. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a K car station wagon. Yeah, I don't think I got the date right. I think there were K cars were in the 80s. I'm going to say it was a 19. I think it was like a 1982 K car. Yeah, well, my station wagon was like, I think, late 80s, and it, I had it in the 90s. Yeah. But yeah. was we'll, it better we'll... or was Kroll better? What was that? Sorry? <laughs> was that better or was Kroll better? 
Ooh, that's a tough call. <laughs> and that is our pop capacitor for today. We're looking back at the movie Crawl. It took place in uh, 1983. Or not yep. took place, but that's when it was made. Yep. And it was about a prince and his fellowship of companions who set out to rescue his bride from a fortress of alien invaders who arrived on their home planet. And I got a, a, just a little uh, little bit here for you. All right, go. All right. As soon as I find it, I'm going to play it. There we go. <laughs> Beyond our universe, there is a planet besieged by alien invaders, where a young king must rescue his love from the clutches of the beast, or risk the death of his world, a world called Krull. <laughs> That's what the world was called, all right. Well, I always thought as a kid, because I, I watched it as a kid and stuff, yep. um, and I haven't watched it in years. I own it, but I haven't watched it in a long time. And uh, I always thought he was called Kroll. I thought that was his name and I I, thought, I, until, okay. until recently. I didn't know that. See, I, this was, I had never seen it before. So I watched it for this, for this recording today. And I, but, I, but I distinctly remember seeing the box on the shelves in the video store like every time because it's got one of the coolest box arts. It does have pretty cool box art. Yeah. And so I thought, because featured on the front of the box is um, a guy holding this, like, five-pointed circular, like, knife-throwing thing, like a like a Chinese star. Yeah. And I thought that that was Krull. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was holding the Krull. The Krull. Yeah. Well, this movie came out in 83, and it's I think it's a big piece of pop culture, because I've seen it, like, Done on different shows like like Family Guy and stuff. They've spoofed it, yep. and um, the uh, it's so it's been kicking around. But it's like I just hadn't seen it in years, and uh, it was something. <laughs> so I like I said, I had never seen it before, so I didn't know what I was I didn't know what I was getting into. I knew because so you know in the early eighties there was like a glut of fantasy sci fi movies. Yeah, because and you know I'm a little bit of an expert on those, but the uh, I love because yeah. I, I was into Dungeons and Dragons and I loved all those sort of sci-fi, uh, the sword and the sorcerer and all those kind of things. But I think it sort of kicked off with Conan. I think it yeah. was like one of the first ones that actually made money, and then everybody else started making these movies in this sort of fantasy Lord of the Rings type genre. I guess. Yeah. Now th this one was a little bit more. I saw somebody, uh, one reviewer, said that it was. A cross between Lord of the Rings and Star Wars. Yeah, because this one has more sci-fi elements, so it it takes place like in it looks like medieval times with knights and things. But then they all have like lasers that yeah. they that they shoot with, and and uh, they you know some of the um, their enemies are like robots as opposed to being just other knights. So it's it's kind of a blend of sci-fi and and a fantasy. The uh, I love how the main villain's just called the Beast. Like, it's like that's the best they could come up with. Like could yep. come up with like a cool name for him or anything. Like it's the Beast. Yep. I think they spent all their effort on creating the uh, the suit, and they were like, ah, I'm too tired to come up with a name. <laughs> yeah, it was it's ridiculous. <laughs> so yeah, so the uh, I can't remember who I shouldn't have written it down, but it was, who, Peter Peter Yates directed. Yeah, he did Bullet and a bunch of other like big movies at the time, and so yeah. he, he wanted a challenge, so he did this movie. And uh, I think it was more than he had bargained for. 
Yeah. I feel like, because at one point, I, I guess he decided he'd go on vacation midway through the shooting of it because he was so sick of it. Like, he really? Just, yeah. He just, like, <laughs> left it. He's that. like, I can't, I can't do this. This is too annoying. Like, I, it's just too irritating. Well, well, what's interesting, so this came out in 1983. He also directed a movie in 1983, same year, called The Dresser. Yeah. Do you know, with, um, oh, no, I can't remember the name of the guy, uh, Albert Finney. Okay. And I believe that that was Oscar-nominated. Yeah, like he, he was a, a he was like a, a like a big director at the yeah. time. Yeah, but so that was in the same year. So in the same year, he made Crow, <laughs> and an Oscar nominated film. Like talk about going both sides of the of the spectrum there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, like the opener says that he the the main character, which is Prince Colin, he gets uh, um, married to this princess, but then the princess gets taken away. And then he, him and this, like, kind of merry band of, like, misfits have to go and save her. Yeah. And uh, it's one of those things, too, where it's like it takes itself very seriously, but it's yeah. it's just, I don't even know how to describe it. It was like, it's, like, it's so, it's so of its time. Yes. Like, it's, like at the time, see, I kind of wish that I had watched this as a kid. First of all, I think it would have scared me because there's some stuff in there that's kind of horrific. <laughs> I was, I was really like, whoa, I would have been terrified by some of this there's there's a scene where where a where a old wizard who's not really the wizard he's he's been he's a shapeshifter into this old wizard man gets like killed and then like melted into the ground oh yeah and his face turns black and and skin falls off and so I'm like this is terrifying <laughs> I have to say though the sets and stuff in this movie were pretty cool. Like they, they were really cool. Like that, there's that whole seat. There's a sequence where they he I can't what she's called like Madam Web or some sort. Of, that's actually how Spider Man. The lady in the web. The lady in the web. And uh, so he has to cross these uh, spider webs that are all like kind of like sparkly and stuff. It looked really cool. Like it was very like the the spider was cl- like cr- like crystal. Like it was really cool looking. Yeah, and the spider was it looked like a mix of animation and maybe animatronics or something. Yeah. Um, but it looked like a real spider. Like, it looked like a massive, but it was transparent. Like, it, you could see through it. And, yeah, it was really, I see, okay, so I'm I'm coming at this never having seen it before, and I was actually, I actually quite enjoyed it. Yeah. Be- believe it or not, I actually, I actually thought that it was pretty, for what it was, I was, I was all in. Yeah, I think the problem with it is, is there's a lot going on. Like, yeah. you've got... Kind of like a, a fairly simplistic story, but then at the same time, it's like there's sci-fi elements. There's sort of like this like Clash of the Titans site type elements and Star yep. Wars, and it's like they've taken all these genres and sort of like mix them together to make this sort of fantasy movie. But it's there's a lot like a lot of like weird battles and a lot like these characters that they really drive to. Like they like they really focus on all the different characters um, that's in his band, including there's some there's some actual stars in there too that weren't stars at the time. Yeah, so they had um, Liam Neeson was in it, which yep. I I did I I looked at him like God that looks like Liam Neeson and it was like yo I guess that's who it is I looked him up on IMDb. Yep, and that's who it was. <laughs> and then uh, so that was like probably one of his first roles like as far as like a major movie I would think. Yeah. Um, and then the other one, uh, he was I actually wrote him down as probably one of the worst actors in this movie. <laughs> uh, and he was like this guy, this kind of burly guy had a mustache and he literally looked. Like he was like one of the stagehands that they threw into the scene because they needed yep. somebody big, <laughs> and that ended up being the guy that plays Hagrid. What's his, what's his real name again? Uh, Robbie, Robbie Coltrane. Coltrane. So, 
So from from Harry Potter. Yeah. So I but I didn't even even by the end of it I didn't even know that's who that was. But but so here's the here's the funny thing about that, and I don't know why they did this, but they dubbed his voice, so it, he didn't sound like Hagrid because it was somebody else's voice. That's hilarious. Cause, yeah, because there's another major character they dubbed their voice as well in this so, movie. Yeah, the the princess, the yeah. princess who's like the center of this whole thing, is this younger female actress, and I was watching him like that voice does not match what she looks like. Yeah. And I looked it up afterwards, and they completely cut all of her audio and dubbed all of her lines with another person. I don't know why. I don't know why they did well, that. Well, they, they did it because they thought she sounded way too young, and they wanted her to sound more distinguished. Oh, so a, so they had, they got this other actress to do the voicing for her, but she didn't know that till the movie came out. Apparently, right? That they had done this. But the problem is, she looks really young, but sounds really old. Yeah, <laughs> so it's very it, odd. It totally feels. Really strange. Did she not look like the Disney princess from like um, the one from uh, Brave? Yes. <laughs> like, I, I thought it's like oh my God, that's exactly who that looks like. Yes, she does. So, that, but but she has like an older woman's voice. <laughs> it's very weird. Yeah. And because I just thought that as well when I was watching, I'm like, her voice is kind of odd. I thought it was just maybe like the dubbing of it or whatever it was. Yeah. But then yeah. I found out later they just dubbed her voice completely. But maybe we can we could chalk that up to it's a different galaxy, it's a different planet. Yes, <laughs> it's a different time. Maybe people's voices sounded like that. I don't know. <laughs> the the other thing in the movie too, which is I found kind of weird, is so they has this thing. It's called the clay or the glaive. That's the name of the weapon that he has. That's like the famous weapon from the movie. That's the thing that I thought was called crawl. <laughs> yeah. So. He has this thing, and I'm like, okay, yeah, he's going to be using this. This is going to be awesome. He's going to be, like, throwing it and slicing people's necks, and it's going to come back to his hand. He hardly used it in the movie. Yeah. Well, he was told when he first – so part of the quest – so it's just, the quest is to get the, the, the bride, the princess. But the other part of the quest is to get this glaive. So he needs to find the glaive. But as soon as he finds it, he wants to throw it. But then this old wizard who's with him says, no, no. You will only no. use it when it's time to use it. <laughs> That's the like, Obi-Wan well, Kenobi of the movie. Every, every, every battle you're in is the time to use it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Defend yourself. That's how you need the glaive. Yeah. I didn't realize there was like a time like constraint on the glaive when you could yeah. use it. <laughs> yeah. I don't, it, maybe it's like a one throw thing. You, you get you get one shot at I don't know. <laughs> you get one throw, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he hardly used it. Like he half the movie, I don't think he even had it for the first half of the movie. Then nope. he, he gets it. And it's a very Lady of the Lake, like where he pulls it up like like Excalibur or something. Yes. And then he like uses it at the end a bit, and then it doesn't it like he loses it or something, or something happens to it at the well, end. So so he has he has to he has to kill the beast with it. But this is one of the funniest parts of the whole movie because he throws it and he and it looks like a like a frisbee when it's in the air because it's like this round thing with blades on the end, and it and it hovers in front of the beast for like thirty seconds. Like, it's just, like, hovering there, and the beast is, like, looking at it, and... Mesmerized. Why didn't... And and then all of a sudden, it just sort of slowly moves and, like, sticks in him, and he's dead. I'm like, why didn't the beast just move? Well, then he also used the fire from the princess's hand, which she gathered at the beginning of the movie, and apparently when she opens her hand, she can, like, create fire. Right. And then he used part of that as well. It's just so bizarre. Yeah. But this, this glaive, this glaive really wasn't that spectacular. No, it wasn't as cool as I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be like he'd be using it all the time. I couldn't remember much because it had been so long since I saw it. But yeah, but no, and that and that was the thing that, like you said, like when I when I was young and I saw the box art, I thought that that was the coolest weapon. I was like, that is so cool. I know that thing. Yep. 
not not really. The other thing I noticed too, like there's a lot of fight scenes in this, like where they have like a lot of people battling a lot of people at the same time. Yes. Those are some of the worst choreographed fight scenes I've ever seen in my life. Yes. Like they're so basic. Like they're yes. just like it's kinda like you can almost see the actors counting the numbers in their head as like they, they it's like, okay, one, two, three. Like, yeah. like it was it was just so awful. Like that was the worst scene I've ever seen. It's true. But okay, I got it. so going back to the sets, I have to say there's there's one scene in this movie that has involves a uh, quicksand. Yeah. And I have to say that that was, it was really, really well done. So this quicksand area was massive. Like it wasn't just a little pool of, of quicksand. Yeah, it was big. It was huge. And then I assume they used like uh, matte paintings or something to increase it. And it just looked massive, but it was also really deep. Like they, like when the actors went, into it and went down, like they they went below so it was a deep it was a deep thing and it it just looked very real to me yeah I mean, in in a fantasy terrible movie kind of way i think some of the sets too were built in like the same the same um building as like the bond like yes. like the, like those those studios but yes. it was yeah they were like the sets were amazing in it like they didn't they didn't like this wasn't cheaply done like it was yeah. actually like they'd put money into this because they were hoping it to become like a franchise and it just didn't take off the way. But then it kind of did at the same time because there was, like, merchandise from this. Because I do remember stuff from this movie. Well, here, I'll, I'll tell you. There were there were actually a bunch of games developed and released as, like, promotional tie-ins. Yeah. Um, there were two Parker Brother games, two different ones. Yeah. There was a card game. There was a board game. There was a home video game developed for the Atari 5200, but it didn't sell well, so they changed it to the Atari 2600. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was an arcade game, um, and and there was a pinball game that didn't get released. Like, they were going all out with this. Oh, yeah. It reminds me of when um, The Prince of Persia came out, and they got, like, all excited uh, about it, and they did, like, a whole Lego series. Yes. And, uh, like, and Lego doesn't lend their, their like, brand to things easily right like right. so and then it just bombed that movie just like did so badly yes and this is what happened with this <laughs> <laughs> but but this was um the the highest budget movie of that era like of of like the early 80s yeah so they they actually put a lot of effort into making it and so i think that's why i i enjoyed it because i think it didn't look cheap yeah it, did, it definitely did not look cheap it looked no. it looked good yeah, I mean, they like one of the characters is a cyclops, and oh, yeah, he actually had like, what's that? I forgot about the cyclops. Yeah, he he actually had like a like a remote controlled eye that like blinked and moved around, and and uh, it was it was pretty convincing. Like it looked like for 1983. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, the special effects were pretty good in it. I thought. Yeah, so I think that's what saved it because I mean, really, like yeah, the fight scenes were so cheesy and. And there was a lot of moments like, why aren't you just using your your glaive? Why? Yeah. <laughs> but, but because it looked so cool. Oh, and and one of the other cool things is, so their enemies, they're called the they were called slayers. Is that right? Yeah. Slayers. Uh, so this this band of guys who had to fight. So they they would they would fight the slayers when they killed a slayer, um, when they shot it with their laser or whatever. The head of the Slayer would explode, like the top of it would open up, and this thing that looked like um, the, uh, like a xenomorph from Aliens, yeah, would come would, out, cr would crawl out of the of their heads. Like that's cool. 
It's almost like that was the alien, like the little things. Yes. And then they were just in these bodies of like almost like robots that they were like kind of controlling. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. So they didn't, they weren't killing the aliens. Like the the robot would explode and the alien would like ex- like pop out of the head and crawl away. But yeah. I, it was just, it was so unexpected. Like it was like, I, th- I just thought, you know, the thing would drop to the floor and that would be the end of it. But no, it was, I, so there were, there were some really cool ideas and concepts and and set pieces it just it just was a bit messy yeah it was a bit messy I, i've got a big question for you though okay who is a worse shot the stormtroopers cobra troopers or slayers <laughs> <laughs> slayers did not hit one person i don't think in that entire movie nope they were horrible <laughs> i was like these guys like, there's like a million of them and they can't hit anybody and i'm like they're, <laughs> they're terrible and like the shot they show the shots like totally missing like by by a, quite a distance like, yep. like these guys are horrible and and all of the battles were in really close confines. Like it wasn't like people were like a mile away; they were like like three feet away. Yeah, it was just it was like I couldn't stop laughing. I was like, these guys are horrible shots. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, they're slugs in a in a yeah. in a robot body. What, what do you expect? That's true. That is true. <laughs> uh, the other thing I was going to mention is before we're done, this is the uh, the destruction of that fortress took forever. At the yes. end, that yeah. thing like it was like the longest. It's almost like a really bad death scene. Like yeah. the destruction of it just went on and on and on. Holy cow! Yeah, yeah. So they had to, they had to, they finally destroyed the thing. You know, the typical ending. But yeah, and then they were they they ran away from the fortress and had to like and like sort of sat in a field <laughs> and yeah. just watch and, and just watched the thing explode. And they and it exploded for yeah like like ten minutes. <laughs> it just went on forever. It's like okay, we got it. And then the yeah. movie just like ends. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like they were just like you know what. This, we're, we've got the money. We, we're gonna. We we got one shot at this. Let's let's just milk it. <laughs> or the editor was like, "Do you want to use all of this? Okay, I'll just put the whole thing in yep. there. <laughs> Slice the whole chunk in there. It should be good." Yeah, they're they're like they're they're like, okay, we're only like five minutes away from making this a two-hour movie. Let's just what, what can we fill with? <laughs> just so we can hit that two-hour mark. Yeah, we got we got to fill this out. Yeah, <laughs> so dumb. So what I do you think? you think? You think it stands the test of time or no? Well, see, I, I I actually quite enjoyed it for the nostalgia aspect of it, so I would watch it again. So I think I think it stands up. Yeah, what do I, you think? I think for what it was, like it's I like I'd probably watch it again at some point for sure, just because it's like there's a cheesiness to it, but there's also something that's kind of endearing about it. Yeah. Um, so I would I would watch it again. So I'd say yeah, it stands the test of time. It's got so a lot of cool ideas in it. Uh, maybe they all just didn't. There was too many things going on in it, and that's what made it not work. Um, like you're saying, it was a bit messy, but other than that, I'll say I'll give it a I'll give it a seal of approval. Yeah, I, I think yeah, I think I think everybody should give it give it a shot. It also, I, I have to give it credit. It also made me really excited about going back and rewatching that genre of movie. So just last night, I rewatched Dune. Oh yeah, yeah, because I'm like, you know what? This is this was a cool genre. Yeah. So now I'm into it. Now I got to go back and rewatch these things. So. <laughs> It it did its job. There you go. There you go. So there we go. That's our pop capacitor, and that's our show for today. Uh, anything else you want to add before we're uh, we're out of here? Uh, no, I think I'm good. All right. Well, I just want to say to everybody, stay safe, and we'll keep trying to bring out some shows. Hey, we got an exciting one coming up too. We're going to be talking to. Um, uh, we had him on last year. David uh, Weiner. Yeah, David Weiner, who did the documentary, um, the definitive documentary of uh, horror, which came out last or late last year. Yeah. Um, it was like a four-hour doc. And uh, he, uh, they're doing a new one now, so there's a Kickstarter program. So we're going to be talking to him in the next week. 
Yeah, so we get we, you'll get a you'll get a bonus episode. Yeah, it's gonna be good. I, I enjoy talking to him. He's got a lot of great stories. Well, he's 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 literally a Hollywood insider, so he will uh, he will be able to give us some insight. And the interesting thing is, the new doc is about '80s sci-fi. Yeah, so a lot of the stuff that we're starting to watch now is probably going to fit right into it. That's right. So he will give us all the insight into why Crawl was such a great movie. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, that's next time on Loop and Larry, Guardians of the Geek. Uh, stay safe, stay inside, and we'll get through this together. Produced by Matthew C. Loop and Lawrence Simner. A Loop and Larry production. Bueller. He likes it. Hey, Mikey. Bueller. Bad news. Fog is getting thicker. And Leon's getting larger. Inconceivable. Brian's right. It's an elf. Works on. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? Oh, Captain, my Captain. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Wax off.